everybody and welcome to another comics loving edition of words images and worlds it, may i call you rags is that okay is that what you would prefer everybody else calls me for the most part all right all right well sounds great uh delighted and honored on this episode to be talking with comics creator rags morales rags thank you for jumping in and taking some time and thank you also for the beautiful art that is on display behind you as well yeah it's uh <laughs> it's, uh, it's copy of uh Frizetta's the werewolf oh nice nice very nice yeah east pennsylvania so i'm not too far away from the Frizetta museum nice uh, well of course i know you best for a lot of work for dc uh, but you've worked for uh, a good number of folks a good number of companies Chirac, uh you've worked in the world of marvel you've worked in a variety of spaces on a variety of characters uh and really an impressive impressive list of characters that are part of your history so uh, i'm curious about what draws you to the visual and you know what it is about comics that has kind of drawn your talent and connected you uh well um it was it was uh quite of uh kind of like a a, a um a collision of a bunch of things mm-hmm. um when i was younger my father was an eagle scout so i had to be in the boy scouts and i had a subscription to boys life magazine and between the covers of Boys Life and the Ma Bell uh, telephone books that used to come to the house, mm-hmm. uh, back when the, everything was a landline, I, I got a, a heavy dose of, of uh, Norman Rockwell. And I was super impressed, not just with the realism, but with the storytelling and the caricature of it all. Mm-hmm. And so that was one part. And the other part, was and i don't remember my first comic book um but um, my mother tells me i started drawing at three uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, told me she just passed away so uh but she told me that i used to uh i used to sit in a corner and she would think i was really weird because all i did <laughs> was draw um i never really wanted to go out and hang out and play uh, I just wanted to sit in a corner and draw. Um, now, in retrospect, and I've only just been recently diagnosed, um, I, I happen to be autistic. Ah, okay. And so, um, you know, the 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 whole classic, you know, hyper-focus and, and, and mm-hmm. obsession with things uh, was probably, you know, the autism boys life magazine and, and probably a giant size edition of, of Superman or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, I was, uh, I was, I was hooked on the artwork and I, I use this analogy that if anybody's ever seen uh, uh rocket man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that's the uh, uh, Elton John movie, the musical. Yeah. There's this, you know, he's, he's, he's playing Rachmaninoff. And the teacher starts and, and plays it to a point, and then she says, "Okay, now you." She's obviously trying to put him in his place. Yeah, he plays it with beautiful fluidity, and you know, perfect notes, everything, right to the point where she stopped, and she asked him, well, "Why did you stop?" He says, "Well, that's where you stopped." <laughs> um, there, there's certain things that there's there's language that is innate 
to uh, people. And, you know, musicians know this language. They they understand it thoroughly. I think artists, you know, visual artists do as well. Actors do. Writers do. Mm -hmm. They they not only can absorb the material, but they can understand the process it takes to do it. And that's the hidden language that we all pick up on. Um, So far as I could remember, my uh, art teachers were always pushing my parents to push me into art that I had a natural gift for a natural inclination for it. Um, and, um, yeah, so that's basically what got me into comic books. Uh, and, and because of, because of Norman Rockwell, mm-hmm. um, and other illustrators like, um, like, uh, Maxfield Parrish and, and Sir Lawrence Alma Tadema and, and Dean Cornwell, JC Leyendecker, uh, um, Howard Pyle, you know, all these American illustrators. Mm-hmm. Um, I really, when I was younger, um, and in my teens, I was introduced to pen and ink work like uh, James Montgomery Flagg and Charles Danny Gibson. Uh, I always thought that I would probably go in that way. As much as I love comics, mm-hmm. I love realism more. Um, up until the point that I saw no, no Neil Adams. Yeah, and yeah. it was uh, Batman versus the Werewolf, a Giants, you know, hundred page edition, um, and that's when I saw, oh, you can be realistic, yeah, and and uh, you know, you don't have to look like, um, CC Beck or you know, or Dick Sprang or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to follow a house rules because, you know, in the seventies things were changing, and I was a child of the seventies, um, so. I, I was impressed with all of that and it all just kind of collided, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. There you are. <laughs> That's how Very I got into cool. it. Uh, ironically, I was just talking to some scouts on Saturday. I volunteered to help with a uh, movie making and animation sort of uh, badge approach. And they were asking okay. me, well, what do people say about animation and you know, how they get in this. And one of the things I said was, well, a lot of creators that I talked to say they just can't see themselves doing anything else. So it yeah. sounds like that was the case for you, that that this was yeah. just something that was almost uh, in the skin and, and born in a way. Yeah, well, and there was lots of other things as well. I mean, I was like any other kid, I want to be a fireman today. Now I want to be an astronaut. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, that typical stuff. But I was also a pretty good athlete. And my father... Um, really from the time I was five years old, uh, had me playing catch with him. And, um, you know, we tried out for different sports, but baseball is the one that stuck with me the most. And, uh, it turned out I had good hand-eye coordination. I had a strong arm. I was fast, mm-hmm. you know, I was a pretty athletic kid. So, um, I played from the time I was eight years old up until my freshman year in high school. And that's when I, I dropped it. You know, I says, uh, I just didn't feel like going out for another tryout. You know, I was going to go for the JV team and, I just think you know, I just don't feel like it anymore. You know, it's it was it was a brutal day. It was actually a very brutal March day, uh, blustery and really cold. And I'm standing out in in my in my jacket, you know, shivering with my mitt. And I says, "This sucks. <laughs> I just I don't yeah. want to do this anymore." You know, I, I you know I don't want to feel I don't want to feel the 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 ball hit my hand in this cold and it stings and it hurts and you know I'd had enough of it and. um and, 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 you know, prior the last year or two, I kind of jammed my Achilles heel um, coming in the home plate and I kind of hit my heel and it bothered me all year and it was still a little tender. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I had lost a step. I didn't know at the time, but I was de- developing astigmatism. Mm. So I was catching up to the ball as quickly as I used to. I used to be pretty good, too. I was on all-star teams. Wow. Um, but, you know, I even went to baseball camp in Long Island, uh, Lee Mazzilli baseball camp, and I batted 320 both weeks. Um, yeah. and, and at 15 and 165 pounds soaking wet, I hit a 320-foot home run. So I had certain gifts, okay. um, and that was with a wood bat. But and I had certain gifts, but, you know, it was just, and then freshman year, I just hated my team. You know, I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I grew up with these idiots and, <laughs> and they were, they were still the same guys, you know, that they were when they were eight, nine years old. And here we are teenagers and they're still acting the fool. And, um, and my parents were divorced at the time. So I went to, uh, I went to a Mets game. We were Mets fans mm-hmm. went to a Mets fan, uh, game with my father. And the word got out and the coach benched me for, for the last two games of the season. <clears throat> and he was a terrible coach too. I mean, uh, any coach that says for a leadoff hitter, who's got speed to try to pull the ball, like I'm a power hitter, doesn't mm-hmm. know what the hell he's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just like, I didn't like the team. I didn't like the coach. I basically had had enough, you know, I just came off of, of, you know, two weeks in the summer of, of, of uh, baseball being trained by, by college coaches and major leaguers and really understanding the mechanics and understanding the game to the point where um, I wasn't allowed <laughs> yeah. to do what they were telling me. I had to do what this guy was telling me. And he did. And it's saying, you know, I don't want to deal with politics and I don't want to catch a cold ball. <laughs> right. I had enough. And that's when I switched over and I says, I'm definitely going to stop this dream. My father's dream, really. I'm playing center fielder for, uh, for the Mets. Um yeah. I'm going to be an artist. So that's what I did. Nice. Nice. Uh, and I, I hear the family connections there with like uh, art happening in the house, sports and kind of connecting to the family. But I, I'm, I'm also thinking about kind of the creative team in comics and how that collaboration really matters sometimes. So I'm curious about uh, one of those experiences that you've had that's just been kind of the all-star of uh, comics and it doesn't necessarily even have to be sort of a big name but that moment where the editor really was supportive the the entire team came together and uh, the book just felt rewarding as a result uh, yeah, yeah I, everybody wants to say identity crisis mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the fact of coming up on 20 years 20 years which is hard to believe um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to, in fact, I got an email um, from the uh, the collected works editor, mm-hmm. um, and I sent him a bunch of thumbnails, uh, the now infamous thumbnails, because Mike Bear uh, just kept going on and on and on about my process. Um, that was that year, and leading up to that year, you know, the the, the, the two years prior to it when I was doing Hawkman. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working with uh, Jeff Johns, who's a terrific writer, uh, working with Mike Bear, who's a phenomenal artist. Not, I mean, people say inking like it's a separate entity. Mm-hmm. Um, and back to a baseball analogy, I, I've, often, I've often called inking like, um, like bullpen pitching. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. pencils have five pitches, you know, four pitches. Uh, inkers have two or three. But this sometimes you run into a, a, an anchor who has five pitches, and yeah. Mike Bear certainly is that. Um, he unfortunately ran into what they call uh, um, 
Oh, geez, what do you call that when when uh, um, typecast? He was typecast. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Such a good anchor that he became so valuable as an anchor, and it's only because he knows how to draw. Um, and to be able to draw with ink is is, is what an embellisher is. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of inking today is so specialized, and you know if you can follow someone's lead and and do a perfectly crisp line, that's what they think inking is, and that's why they're called tracers. But no. You look at uh, Joe Rubenstein, you look at uh, mm-hmm. Palmer, you know, you look at uh, Terry Austin. Um, you know, there's these anchors, Joe Sinod, who who bring something with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And honestly, even, even these so-called tracers, you know, if you take the same drawing and have four people do it, they're all going to bring a little something different. And part yeah. of it's their tools and how they use their tools and the angle they hold it and everything like that. But um, but it, to be a, a really good anchor, and it took me many years to do this myself till I can become an, an anchor um, or an embellisher, is that is the ability to draw with ink. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, uh, it's, it's, it's basically you get one shot. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know how to do it. No erasing. So, and you don't want to hand in a, a board with, you know, thick with white out and, yeah. <laughs> and not trying to hold it all together. Um, but uh, so that's, you know, that's, that's the thing with, with thinking. And Mike Bear and I w- went back to uh, uh, Hawkman and we worked with Jeff and Jeff and we had Peter Tomasi. And we're very proud of this fact that not only did we beat the number of books by, of a, of a Hawkman title, mm-hmm. I think he was 15 uh, with uh, Joe Hubert uh, um, uh, and Canager, they did, uh, um, I think, 15 issues, maybe with Murphy Anderson as well. Um, but um, but we did uh, 21 mm-hmm. and carried on a couple issues more, and then it went on to a Hawk Girl spinoff, um, or was it Hawk Woman? Uh, but they uh, um, they went ahead and, and continued it on, so we're very proud of not only the fact that we've had the longest run of a Hawkman title. We also were the only creative team in that two years that we worked on it, that at DC comics did not change. Same writer, same artists. Uh, We did not that we didn't take breaks, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, um, we were, you know, the team. Mm -hmm. And it was because of that, um, that I, kind of hip-checked uh, um, either Van Skyver out of the way because he was going to get Identity Crisis and I was going to get uh, Green Lantern Rebirth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and we flipped because we came in hot and on time and that book had to come out first. Yeah. So uh, it was, it was, I don't know. It was just, uh, it was, it was really good timing. You know, I did uh, 20 issues of Hourman before that. It's mm-hmm. because I was out of the industry for a year and a half. You know, um, prior to our man, I, uh, I, I was foreclosed on and, and uh, went through a divorce and uh, went bankrupt all within the same two year span. Oh, wow. So I was kind of starving, you know, and trying to keep it together. And this was post um, speculation boom where the industry was just trying to get itself back up again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all the extra titles were gone. So there were a lot of, a lot of extra work wasn't available. Um, a lot of the um, the uh, distribution houses had closed down. A lot of direct sales markets, a lot of those places, they sold down. Uh, so uh, 
went down. So it was uh, it was a combination of things and and my hunger and and finally, to be honest with you, finally getting some mainstream work. Um, the first thing I did coming out of that situation was a, a little bit called um, the Flash's Infinite Crisis, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with the Flash. And um, I was able to do a bunch of different characters for the first time. I was allowed to do, you know, I mean, Black Honda in the last issue, I did Batman. But beyond that, I didn't get a chance to do Plastic Man or, you know, or the Flash or I think Martian, Martin Man- uh, Martian Manhunter was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was kind of eye opening for them and they were bringing me back in. And so, you know, I, I, I really had to, uh, um, take advantage of it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was single and mm-hmm. I'm the kind of person that, uh, relationships does affect me. Um, and I've gone through a couple of divorces in the process. So part of that was part of the problems I was going through, uh, keep maintaining work. Uh, but that's years later. At the time, I was uh, I was really pumping out books, mm-hmm. and twenty issues of Iron Man, twenty one issues of 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 Hawkman, was perfect for what they needed to do. Um, identity crisis, and so with that group, uh, Meltzer, my God, what a writer! Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> Brad really he really writes intimately, you know, mm-hmm. and I draw intimately. I, I think I'm pretty good at. Um, that's uh, body language and expression and acting. Um, yeah. uh, Mike Bear thought I was the best actor he'd ever seen on comics, which is, you know, I mean, when you got Mark McGuire and, and Adam Hughes, it's a, you know, that's, that's quite a, quite a, a thing to say. Yeah. Um, and I appreciated it. You know, thanks, man. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I was able to do a lot of intimate work and it probably goes back to my, my love of Norman Rockwell and the and the illustrators of Charles Dana Gibson and the intimate work they did, um, just the, the the realism and the body language and things like that. It was kind of second nature for me, and uh, I think I'm pretty good at building um, a, a supporting cast as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, what's my best work? What's my creative team? That would probably be it. And of, of course, Alex Sinclair did some wonderful wonderful uh, uh, work in color. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just gave a uh, his I mean his 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 masterhood uh, uh, mastery masterhood <laughs> making up words uh, his mastery of, of of blues and greens and 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 it was just um, it was just perfect you know in purples he does great blues greens and purples that's uh, that's his palette yeah. Um, so yeah I think that would be it you know and and if mm-hmm. I ever had a chance to work with them again I'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Well, with your your sensibility for realism, and I mean, you mentioned Brad Meltzer. I mean, having sort of that prose, there there's a great sort of detail I'm sure that he brought uh, as well, and dimensions. Uh, so a, a really interesting creative team too. Yeah, thanks. We were, uh, we were we were we were we were pretty hot for the yeah. time. Yeah. When you mentioned Hawkman, which is is one of my favorites as well, and and Our Man, of course. Um, I was going to ask about, you, you mentioned the Frazetta piece behind you. Um, and a little bit earlier, you're talking about Neil Adams and the werewolf, which got me thinking about, you have this, this realism that you bring, but you also get to use realism to show things that are beyond what could typically happen. 
in real life. So curious about the challenges of that as an artist to kind of bring that vision of the world. But then, you know, you've got a guy with wings, you've got, you know, superhero characters that are doing sort of boundless things. Yeah. And yeah. And, and you can go back to when I did a little bit of uh, work for, um, uh, um, what was it? Uh, Impact. Cotton mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. comics, chalk comics uh, that we were working on for a time. And that was my first attempt. And this is around the time of Black Condor of, of doing superhero stuff. Everything I had done before was like, you know, swords and sorcery stuff. Uh, Black Condor was kind of like his own entity. He was, he was, he was kind of like uh, on the outside looking in, you know, and, and I purposely, wanted him to be a bizarre character i wanted him to look like a condor you know i wanted him to look like a bird of prey that wasn't you know sleek you mm-hmm. know like a vulture like character and i gave him long gangling arms and much to my editor's chagrin but i that's <laughs> just i just i just feel it this way this is the way i feel this character <laughs> yeah, i wanted him to be bizarre he is he is a prometheus after all he was he was uh, in utero. He was given radiation treatment. Who's to say your arms don't freak out? <laughs> yeah, know? true, true. So uh, you know, and then that, and then again, that's part of my autistic nature too. Just thinking these things through. Mm. I mean, I was telling I was in the office with Tomasi one time around the time with uh, um, uh, oh, who was it? Uh, uh, was it Liang? Was the uh, director of? Uh, was it Liang? I can't get his name wrong. Uh, who did uh, the Hulk? The first. Oh movie. yeah, yeah. Uh, Ang Lee, yeah. Uh-huh. Ang Lee. <laughs> there you go again. And I'm also dyslexic. dyslexic. Um, <laughs> but um, Ang Lee, yeah. And I was telling him, I says, you know, I, I loved it. You know, I kind of even liked the 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 way he kind of like did these little uh, um, uh, comic book panel kind of things. You know, mm-hmm. it's a bit avant garde. And, and most of the times, I think that stuff's kind of you know cute for you know cute sake, uh, but I thought it worked okay, and, yeah. uh, and I thought he used it in right spots. Uh, but I says, but you know something bothers me, and again with my autism, if you're a shrew, you have a quick heartbeat, you're a quick animal, but if you are a large animal with a slow heartbeat, you're a slow animal like a like an elephant. So. I just didn't feel him running through the desert as quickly as he did looking like the flash. True. Uh-huh. Um, so that's the way my mind works. And one of the reasons why I just, I have to analyze everything. Yeah. Um, and, and it was, uh, and it kind of detrimental because, you know, you throw things up, you know, you say, that's whatever, it's just magic. Just, just draw it. You know, I says, yes, but how does that magic work? Yes. You know? <laughs> um, so you know, I guess that's part of the um, you know the the illustrator feel of, of trying to get everything you know right mm-hmm. and and sensible, um, and again the autism, but uh, but yeah, you know, drawing you know superheroes doing superhero stuff was kind of weird to me. You know, I could draw a guy with his hands on his hips very naturally in a suit, mm-hmm. but you know, make a guy you know do a classic punch and not wanting to repeat somebody else's class classic punch trying to find my own classic punch um it was it was a struggle you know and sometimes you just gotta say you know what it'll be yours if you just do their version <laughs> right right and yeah. that's how the industry has survived you know um because a lot of things are you know, i like to say familiar and new at the same time 
And, and if you follow, uh, like certain artists will follow uh, a vein of, of art that is, you know, like like a John Bishima or somebody's doing a Michael Golden or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, it, 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 it's kind of like their interpretation of the things that's already ex- existed. And so that's kind of what I had to come to grips with with comic books. I had to learn how to accept that language, you know, because that was a language that was foreign to me. Uh, it wasn't the same language that was, you know, I mean, I got it, but I didn't. And 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 so um, that kind of thing was a struggle and a lot of things swimming in my head. And Bear will tell you, man, there's a lot of things going on under your hood. I was like, <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah, you know, it's just the way I process things. Um, but um, yeah, it, it, it's uh, definitely, definitely um, difficult for me to figure out. And and one day I was in a bookstore and I found this book on diving. And I'm flipping through it. It's got pictures. And I'm looking at people diving and like swimming underwater. And I'm looking at superhero poses. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh. So even that, and, so, and I, this was back when I was doing Black Condor. So I, you know, if you look at Black Condor scenes where he looks like he's doing a backstroke in midair. Well, yeah, because that's a body elevated, mm-hmm. you know. Now I can see it. Now I can feel it. Now I understand. Oh, it's like you're swimming. Okay. So if you're flying, it's like swimming just a little faster. Uh, and uh, yeah. so that's where those poses came in for me and, and started making sense to me. Um, so yeah, man, just going through that whole process was just kind of like giving birth to a, to a bowling ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't easy. The, the artist and the engineer. I love it. I love the, from what it sounds like, you you have a fascinating way of approaching work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, It's going to make sense up here first. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh, So by means of a a final official question, I always like to Mm -hmm. ask about the creative things that are churning right now. And sometimes people are, uh, doing comics sometimes they're doing other things so i'm curious you mentioned you had a few things that you wanted to uh sort of talk about that are on the horizon well yeah um you know it's it's funny because the industry has changed so much it used to be you know the big two was like you get there and you've made it Mm -hmm. now the big two is the minor leagues and you get your audience and then you bring them with you and you work with other people who have their audience have you know like when i was working with jim starlin mm-hmm. um it's uh it's 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 a very different thing there's the the internet has completely changed uh the way people can is the accessibility mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. web comics uh you know artwork for free that you get on your phone um there's just so much that's um inundated and while it's 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 very um exciting the possibilities it's also you know overwhelming because mm-hmm. now you're working with so many talented amateurs who've never had a break uh or so many people in some other fields that are now presenting their work um that you wouldn't otherwise find it you know animators or sculptors or teachers or that kind of thing mm-hmm. um you know, so this is it's 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 a wonderful playground, but it was also a very intimidating one. Um, and I'm lucky to have you know an audience that was built over thirty kind of thirty five years in February. Um, and so, but at the same time, I'm also running into the younger uh, 
younger market who's oh man what's that you know the new 52 <laughs> superman oh yeah i read that when i was five <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and and so you realize that um you're not as relevant you know and of course with the uh, um and 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 of course screw them with uh uh you know the, the the whole concept of of um of investors mm-hmm. uh, i mean back when i was working with dc and paul levitz was a uh, publisher time warner was just over there you know right. what we did in house was what we did in house and so long as we showed 15 percent increase in sales um you know and that usually was in the form of a summer event um they were just very happy you know they there's uh you know a couple uh, extra bucks going over you know to to those guys um then the computers came in and started making the fantasy a bit more viable mm-hmm. you know i remember having a lot of really crappy live action superheroes <laughs> i mean what they did in marvel in the 70s was the travesty uh Captain Marvel or Captain America, I'm sorry. And that's that Spider-Man was, you know, was just like, how oh, could you do that to Spider-Man? Um, but when you're a kid, you kind of like you invest yourself, you know, you say, Okay, this is what I got. And I mean, they did a Justice League movie that was just, oh my god. Uh, um so the only thing that really made that was the only things that were good were Wonder Woman and the Hulk. That was it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beyond that, we had to wait for Richard Donner to give us a, a Superman that made sense, that looked great, um, mm-hmm. that wasn't black and white. Um, and so, and even though it kind of came to color at the end, but still, um, or or it can't be Batman, you know. Um, so, so you know, these things were what they thought comic books were, and then computers came in and just changed the game. Now, now they don't have to do. You know the, the the these 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 fantastic things could look really cool mm-hmm. and really viable and work really well, and that's when Disney and Time Warner said, "Huh, we're published. We're we're uh, we we have a publication. We, we're you know we're the parent company of these publish, uh, publications, but we're also a production company. So let's just you know let's take a little bit more of that money that's possible, and of course." Because of the '70s and those crappy TV shows, those crappy movies, uh, the audience wanted to see this particular genre with respect, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it went a long way to make it happen. And there's a, a lot of young actors that nobody even heard of that all of a sudden had a huge audience, you know. Um, and you know, I mean, Christian Bale, bless his heart. Last time I saw anything of his that was good was you know American Psycho, mm. you know. Um, he was also in the um, the Rings of Fire, you know, a dragon mm-hmm. movie, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but that was basically it. all of a sudden he's Batman now. He's a huge guy who can yell at people on set. That's for it later, you know, because his ego is now he, you know has gotten uh, more attention. So you know it's. Um, it, it's that's what happened with the industry and and everything is now bowing down to corporate corporatization you know mm-hmm. and people like me who are kind of like that buffer 
between you know the the the, the big important dudes of the seventies and the, and the things changing from the nineties and 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 into into the new millennium, um, you know, we all of a sudden found out like what it's like to be the first time to get behind a computer. You know, I, I didn't grow up with computers. My kids did. <laughs> you know, right. they can't think of, a, of of anything without computers. I do. I remember landlines. I remember computers looking stupid and, and you know, these huge towers and very heavy, you know, monitors. Mm-hmm. Um, now they're in your pocket, you know. So, th- so many things have changed. And, you know, for somebody like me and my generation, it's just like, well, yeah, you know, and if you can't keep up with that, boy oh boy right, <laughs> you know right see you later because you know this guy is doing stuff on computer and this guy's you know and it's 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 just it's amazing you know i, I went back to the school as a teacher and um i saw such change you know and and it was just it, it, it's an amazing thing too because with that change and with that speed came impatience mm-hmm. and and it's much more impatient than it ever was before uh, because there's always something new coming out. And so you can't on one hand blame a company for saying, Hey, you know, you know, let's keep it going. Uh, At the same time, you understand why now time Warner is trying to sell the publication rights to AT&T because it's not making as much money as the, you know, and it's not that it's not making money. It's not making as much money. It Mm. needs to make a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, so now at t is trying to find a, a buyer out of the last, last I heard who knows if uh, who's got the publication now but they sold the publication rights they yeah. wanted the production rights so these things have changed um, and so uh, yeah so what am I doing <laughs> um, you know it's it's just you know it's it's a whole new world so I find myself uh, I, I did 12 issues of Amory Wars with the uh, um, with boom and, and, and Claudio Sanchez and, and, uh, um, and, and, uh, Oh geez, I can't think of his wife right now. Uh, Chandra Eckert. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, they were co-writing, um, Amory Wars, which is based on the music, music based on comics. It's a whole epic tale kind of a thing. That's become a thing. A couple of bands have been doing that, uh, probably cause kiss was doing it in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you know, there's there's that, and then there's like everybody's trying to do their own self thing, um, and I'm no different. You know, I just open up an Etsy store. Um, that's Artsy Rags Morales, Etsy.com. We'll link it. <laughs> uh, yeah, please do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got uh, I, I opened that up because it's kind of like a, a, a father son job uh, situation. You know, Sanford and son. I, <laughs> I, got, yeah. I got my son Draven in on it too. Nice. Uh, trying to sell prints, um, trying to sell relevant prints. Starting to realize that you know a lot of what I'm doing is commercial uh, commission work, which is probably more important to the buyer than it is to the general audience. Um, so I'm going to start trying to peel away from that as soon as I can afford to and start doing some things that are, uh, my own, you know, not necessarily characters perhaps, but my own take on things and, and, and adding more elements to it. Um, because I charge for, for figure and, you know, that can be very expensive. So most people only do one figure. So I have to figure an atmosphere character, yeah. um, kind of boring. 
Um, so I'm going to be taking a, a doing a little bit more painting and uh, try to get some more uh, print work for that. Try to find some other ways to to merchandise because I also want to do some publishing, my own personal publishing, awesome. probably uh, to the web. Um, but um, I'm thinking of you know putting out some sketchbooks with some stuff in the back, um, nice. kind of like a backup feature. And uh, but I'm I'm going to take my time to do it right because I don't want to be, you know, just an artist who just draws, you know, because, you know, Harlan Ellison said anybody can write a story, only a writer writes, mm -hmm. and so, you know, I have to I want to learn the craft and I want to actually absorb the process again, engineer, trying to figure out how it works and how to make it work for me. Mm -hmm. um, not that my ideas would be great, you know, but then again, everything's been done. So it's, again, familiar and new and trying to uh, come up with something interesting. And uh, mostly because I just, uh, you know, again, with the with the corporatization of comic books, it's just, you know, cats like me just don't work. Mm. Cats like me, you got to evolve. That's it. Evolve or die and try to um, try to learn to swim in new water. Um, so, you know, I'll be out there doing the, the convention tours. You know, I just... Uh, Nice. I just okayed one for Colorado in February. Um, so I have my agent working on that and, uh, you know, just trying to come up with some interesting things and interesting ways to promote art, you know. You now have an Etsy store and yeah. it sounds like work out there and work is on the way. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's going to take some time to uh, uh, generate, you know. Um, much of what I do now is... Um, Commission work, uh, the um, the book I was doing with uh, um, Jim Starlin uh, is kind of on hold right now. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a of course, but uh, uh, the, the the sales weren't uh, enough to support it. Um, so we're going to do hopefully a Kickstarter eventually. Uh, still waiting to hear on that. In the meantime, I'm doing commission work. Uh, still available for things like covers or small projects. I don't want to do. I'm too old. I'm <laughs> much too old. To uh to do a monthly continuity and that's for young people trying to, you know, prove a point. Right, um, right. You know, but for me, I would prefer because I because I I want to put more into it. I don't want to have to compromise quality as I have over the years. Um, or uh, um, you know, getting it out on time. I mean, even identity crisis. I look at it and I kind of cringe at a few spots yeah. here and there. Um. <laughs> But, you know, we were when that year I did like 263 pages that year or so. And that between that and uh, Black Rain, which was the JSA Hawkman crossover mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. prior to that, led to that. Uh, well, led me to that. Um, that was, uh, you know, three hot issues into seven. So I did 10 issues in a very short time. And and those those uh, identity crisis issues weren't your standard, you know, 20 page, 22 page stories. They were they were up there in the 30s, 38 pages. So. Um, yeah. those books were very thick um but um but yeah yeah so i don't do uh monthly books i can't i i'd prefer to do uh um you know graphic novels miniseries even a maxi series if uh if it's uh, if it's a good lead time like i did with amory wars um but um it's just uh uh it's again you know swimming in different water and understanding what my fins can't and can't do anymore. Uh, I, I, I do get dry eye now, 
um, <laughs> I found myself having to, to lay down to refresh. Um, and, uh, you know, I still put in, you know, 10, 12 hours, but, uh, but without deadlines, I, I, I tend to take more time to do it the way I would like to do things, you know, that is not, you know, necessarily something that is transferable to, to comic book work, um, just comic book characters. So the commission work is great. I love it. You know, I just, I do it at my time, at my pace, and it allows for certain things to interfere that I used to have to sacrifice before, like Christmas, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. and I spent my time at home working on deadlines when my children and, and then wife uh, were visiting uh, for the holidays um, because, you know, deadlines. Um, so, you know, it, it was, um, I, I much prefer where I am now and uh, I do look forward to actually doing some more, more personal work, uh, writing and other types of exploration of this type of genre um and uh yeah yeah so you know if you want to follow me you can follow me on ig and you can see what i'm up to uh instagram that's uh, ra- uh rags and hashtags um i have two accounts but one's personal uh i also have two accounts on facebook one's personal you go to rags morales art page is where you would find my uh my my work um and um Tumblr, which is my Facebook, uh, not my Facebook, my my website for now, because mm-hmm. um, my at the time I was with somebody, uh, she was really a big fan of Tumblr, and uh, we got a a lifelong twenty dollar, uh, just a twenty dollar investment to have a lifelong website, uh, a template that I used, and I've been using now for years, um, but I am working with a young developer now who's. Uh, Who's in school and, and using my my uh my website as a project, which is great because I'm not paying them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Very smart. But, um, but yeah, it hopefully that uh, that'll be something that that is also in the works. Uh, and again, Etsy, artsy, ragsmorales at Etsy dot com. Um, you can find uh, my prints there. Yeah, I think I've got like twenty one uh, prints available. Uh, looking to expand that as well. Uh, hopefully, sketchbooks and things like that. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to be a bit more, you know, innovative and, 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 and finding out that it's, uh, <laughs> I, I kind of could use a little bit of a production <laughs> an editor or somebody to do the other stuff, but, um, you know, it's also very nice and very, very fun. So I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. And it sounds like, um, you're exploring multiple avenues, which is really exciting. So many options right now for kind of getting that, uh, that work out there and connecting with the audience. For sure. Yeah. Well, Rags, I appreciate your, your generous uh, time that you've spent with me and I appreciate your work and glad to talk with you anytime. Sure. No problem. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you so much.